Hi everyone, welcome to today's podcast with our special guest, Lee Paulden. Lee is the Managing Director of SSBG, which is Scalable, Sustainable Business Growth, which I think in business is something we all aim for, right, Lee? Correct. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes easier said than done. Um, now, we're going to get into your experiences and your philosophies and your learnings, but let's start at the very beginning. Tell us about your work history. Uh, I started out in retail, uh, originally actually in the warehouse, then moved into into the shop area, uh, and then from there moved on. Uh, was actually was actually for Whipcalls. Uh, the Christchurch manager told me I was too good for it, and I needed to find another role, uh, and that I'd get bored very quickly. So from there, you moved into another company, and that was a warehousing and stock control role. Uh, and yeah, I was on the floor in the warehouse, but yeah, very quickly moved up to two IC in the warehouse. Uh, helping run that. From there I moved into production planning with that company and spent yeah, about a year in production planning and moved on into a internal sales role in another company uh, and from there very quickly ended up out on the road as a salesperson. So by that time I was 20 and then moved into a management role with that company. Um, so way back then, which was probably about 30 years ago, 35 <laughs> years ago, uh, I was controlling about $6 million worth of stock oh. uh, and assisting in internal sales, but also supporting salespeople outside. Uh, from there, I, there was an opportunity, I was tapped on the shoulder for a regional manager's role. Uh, so by that time I was 24, so I took on a regional manager's role and then moved into an assistant GM's role. And then finally moved companies again, but into a general manager's role at 32. So that gave me quite a broad yeah. broad range of experience, even on the financial side uh, of the business, which in the regional manager's job, that's really where I was weak at that time. But I had a great mentor that, in the CFO who taught me a lot, uh, and that really helped. But that also paved the way into the more senior roles. So, yeah, from there, I was GM roles of New Zealand and Australian companies from 32 through to 40 years of age. And then at 40, young family, mm. on planes a lot, doesn't work. <laughs> so, um, so that's when I decided, no, this is not for me anymore. So I got out, had no idea what I was going to do. Uh, decided I'd take time to think. And um, yeah, then I joined uh, Results and Business and was one of the three founders. And when we turned that into results.com. Right. Uh, and then 2006, I sold back to the guys. Once again, you know, flying and it just wasn't working with the family. Uh, but yeah, that gave me the grounding in the business coaching and consulting arena. And that's really what I carried on doing from there. So it's a huge range of experiences. What, what drove you? you know, what, what did you enjoy? Uh, it's what got you out of bed every day to get to work? Uh, it was two things. One was the learning. But, um, that's where I really enjoyed the learning. I knew I needed to learn. I knew there was a lot I didn't know. Uh, so that was driving me. But the other thing that was driving me was yeah, achieving the goals that we'd set for the company. Those were the two things that drove me. Well, tell me about those key influences. Yeah, I had some great mentors on the way, five in particular, uh, when I was in different roles. And they, I suppose because I was interested in learning, I was open and listened. But yeah, I learned a huge amount from them. They also guided me on where I needed to learn more. So that helped me immensely, but if, yeah, those mentors were key. Yeah. We talked about what motivated you to get out of bed in the morning back then. How about now? What, what inspires you and excites you now? 
Uh, what drives me now is very much seeing New Zealand businesses do well, but um, and it, you know, move, a lot of them to move offshore. So for me, it's the mid-market and the SME businesses. It's seeing them get stronger. New Zealand's traditionally been too reliant on too few big companies. Uh, so the stronger we get there, the more jobs that are created, but the more stable the country becomes and the less risk it's at. So that's really what drives me because that goes all the way through. That affects everybody, you know, people's families, their children, everything. So that's the driver for me is seeing New Zealand businesses do well. What, what are you passionate about now? As you, you've talked about seeing the businesses do well, but um, can you define that a little bit? Can you go into that? What, what's, what's success for a business? Uh, success for a business, is, it varies. So it depends what they're trying to achieve. Um, but for the, for the people heading those businesses, it's really, you know, it's business <coughs> excellence that they're looking for. Uh, so it's how do they make the business better? How do we actually turn this into a great company? That's what drives them. For me, it, it, what drives me is I enjoy working with them, otherwise I wouldn't do it. Uh, so it's, for me, it's not really like working. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm quite passionate about that, but it's also seeing them get the results. Uh, and that's, you know, they've put the hard work in, but yeah, seeing them get the results, it gives you a very good feeling. You've talked about your passion. What about passion for the business owner or CEO, managing director? How important is passion for them? Hugely. If they haven't got the passion, then the business isn't going to make it. Uh, and it's, the CEOs have got different drivers, but they will be passionate. Um, so it's very much, they find they're very passionate about where they're trying to take the company and what they're trying to achieve. Uh, they're also with uh, the companies I'm working with, they're also very passionate about their own purpose as a company uh, and they really want to see that achieved as well. You know, as well. So, so it's more than, than just them. In fact, you know, when you look at it, it's actually not about them. It's, it's a bigger purpose that they have and that they're passionate about. How hard is it to make that leap where it's not about my own personal passion but to make that leap into the bigger picture? Uh, it's not that hard, it's, and it doesn't take that long. It's more that I find a lot of companies have actually, they've had that there and they've probably lost it. Uh, so it's reigniting that and taking them back to find what that passion was. And yeah, when a company's younger they have it, but as they get bigger sometimes they lose it. Why? What are some of those reasons for losing the passion? Uh, drama <laughs> within the company. Uh, and yeah, just they get busy and doing too much in the business and they lose sight of it. So it's still the same old story of too much time in the business and not enough time on the business. Mm -hmm. uh, they also struggle because they haven't really had a framework in which to be able to keep it very clear for the organisation uh, and visible. So, so that's part of why it gets lost because the framework hasn't been there. So putting the framework back, reigniting it, and then that's where it can make a big difference. It really starts to drive the growth of the company. How about your own passions? Uh, it's led you to forming SSBG. Tell us about that. What, what, what drives you to help the people? Why do you want to do that? Uh, people person, I suppose. And just, yeah, I just enjoy helping people and seeing them succeed. Um, and yeah, supporting them through that. So, but for me, it's, yeah, it's being able to, I see so many businesses that haven't got the right structure, the right tools, uh, too much in the business, not enough time on it, they're not having fun. So you know, it's getting them to have those things in place and enjoy the ride, that's really what drives me. And the consulting yeah. space, what led you into that uh, consulting space? 
uh, partly lifestyle. Um, so yet the passion's there, but it's also it's about giving me the lifestyle as well. So mm -hmm. you can work as much as you like or as little as you like. So you, for me, it's about balance. And that way I can do things outside of business that I want to do. You were one of the first in New Zealand uh, to start the business consultant to help businesses grow and develop. Um, why wasn't anyone else doing it? Uh, it sort of came as a lot of companies came in at the same time and a lot have disappeared. Um, so yes, it's, it probably appears that I was the only one, but there were others around. Other companies, uh, traditionally mostly franchises, but yes, a lot of them have not survived. Uh, and that's, uh, the GFC had a big impact on that, but uh, when you talk to companies, they really weren't getting the value from it. And I think the biggest problem behind that is that some of the people operating in that space just didn't have the skills or and the experience that was really required. So, and it's that ex business experience is absolutely crucial. As, um as Kiwi businesses, how are we in dealing with consultants? We'll sit down and have a meeting with you, you'll advise, you'll consult. Do the businesses follow through? Do we do that? Do we listen? Uh, generally, but yes. <laughs> so it's, it's the ones that are looking for support that do carry, follow through. Uh, it's the ones that aren't looking for support are the one, probably the ones that should be. Um, and that's what I find about Kiwi businesses a lot of them don't really look for support, although in recent years, I'm seeing a definite shift in that, which is great. Now, you've made it your business to understand world-leading business strategy, so can you tell us what works? Uh, what works, it's very much, it's understanding what strategy really is. There's a lot of concepts around strategy. Um, and uh, yeah, a friend of mine just a few weeks ago actually spoke to me and uh, he'd just had a strategic plan delivered to him for a company that he's just helping for free uh, and it's 68 pages long. Mm. So straight away they've got no idea about strategy and that's really, you know, it, it's having that deeper understanding. Strategy drives revenue growth. Uh, so what I was looking for is really you know, what does work and what doesn't work. You know, what is proven, what, you know, what's scientifically based and not just theory. And that's a problem with a lot of information out there. It, a lot of it is theoretical and it can't be backed up scientifically. So it was very much, yeah, that's what I went hunting for, uh, was to look for that. So we talked about being a business consultant, but why did you choose to become a Gazelle's business consultant? The reason I chose Gazelles is that I was very aware of the work they were doing globally. Uh, I went to the United States in 2005 and had a much closer look at what they were doing over there uh, with their clients and had the opportunity to actually see the intellectual property that they were using with their clients. And that's really where I became much more aware. But what impressed me was that everything they were doing was scientifically based. Uh, and I also could see the impact it was having with those companies. I got to talk to the companies and their CEOs uh, and really at first hand and understand the difference it was making to those companies. Uh, that's, you know, I carried on looking around but I couldn't find anything else around the world that was anywhere near as comprehensive but still simple uh, as what they were doing and what they were using and that's what drove me to become you know, certified. So. We have to be certified. It's not a franchise or anything like that. It's a, a long process. It's, it's 
you've got to complete it in nine to 12 months. Um, so the people that were using it were also highly skilled and a lot of business experience. Uh, so that's part of it. But the big driver for me was the difference it was making. Uh, so now, currently around the world, there's over 40,000 companies use the Gazelles framework. Mostly mid-market, but right through to some of the biggest brands that you'll hear and know. And, you know, turning over billions of dollars are still using it. Uh, so, yeah, it, for me, that, that was the confirmation that the scaling up framework was the one to, to actually go for and use with the clients. Uh, the results that I've had with the clients now has backed that up totally. Yeah. So, how do gazelles make a difference here in New Zealand? Uh, how do they make a difference? It's bringing the right tools, uh, simplicity, uh, structure, and methodologies for the companies here is. And I really believe it's keeping it simple. Um, so it is simple. It's not hard to implement. It just takes a bit of time because we've got to keep running the business every day. Uh, but it's yeah, it can be done quite easily. Uh, and it can be understood very easily as well. Uh, so it was just, yeah, for me, I looked at it and thought, well, what they're doing is no different. You know, the business here is the same as anywhere else in the world. Uh, so it said to me, yes, it would work here. And it does. Now through your website, ssbg.co.nz, and a CEO's looking to grow, what's that one thing that they can do today? What, where, where can they go to just answer that first question? Uh, if they go to my website, SSBG, but have, go to the resources and the one document to download, which you can download for free, is um, the Rockefeller Habits Checklist. So it's just like when we get on a plane, the pilot always goes through a checklist uh, before they take off for obvious reasons. Now this checklist is exact, it's for businesses, but it's the same theory. It's like you should be doing these things. So that checklist really does speed up growth uh, by implementing those things. So anybody can go to it and then have a look at it and then determine which boxes they need to start ticking off if they've got some holes. What happens if I've got more crosses than ticks? Uh, then maybe you need to talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> so you're a gazelle coach. Uh, and you, and you um, that's your philosophies that you follow is the gazelle coaching system. How do they fit into the New Zealand context where we're a bit of number eight wire mentality, we're a bit more laid back, the old she'll be right attitude. Uh, does it work with the Kiwis? Uh, yes, it does. You've got to uh, adjust it slightly. Uh, and that's really a bit more about the terms and the language that uh, Americans use. So gazelles is American based, although it's global and across six continents. Um, but yeah, you've got to Kiwiize it or you know, change certain things for them to easily understand it really. Uh, and that's really all that has to be done. Apart from that, the framework, the methodologies, the tools that we use within Gazelles with our clients, it's all scientifically based. So it's very much um, intellectual property from other leading business thinkers globally from you know, scientific research that sits in there, but it's also from working with you know, thousands of companies mm -hmm. that we've seen and measured the results. So yeah, we know what works and we know how to apply it. Tell me about the scaling up framework. How does it work? It's getting the right things right in the four decisions, but you know, the four decisions are people, strategy, execution, and cash, and in that order. So you've got to get the people side of the company right first, otherwise your strategy is worthless. Mm -hmm. you know, it's, you're not going to deliver the strategy if you haven't got great people. 
um, then strategically, yeah, you've got it. Then you've got to get that right, and that's from a high level, and get the uh, those the elements of strategy, high level strategy, very very clear and deeply understood uh, by the senior management of the organisation. Uh, so, and that'll drive revenue growth. So, people equals you know, happy people and happy strong culture. Revenue or strategy drives revenue growth, uh, and so if a company's not growing then it's going to be a strategy issue. Or if they're not growing as fast as they should be, then maybe the strategy needs tweaking in areas. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, execution, that'll drive net profit. Uh, and yeah, so that, that's a big one that a lot of companies don't tend to be very good at at all in New Zealand and Australia. Uh, the US, they're not so good either. But, but yeah, that's something that really needs a lot of focus. Once why, the why is that? Why, why is the execution not executed? Uh, they tend to complicate it. Uh, and they really don't have a structure to, draw, to help them execute well. It's also affected by people, uh, so you need the right people, and then if you get the right things right in execution, you can get everyone on the same page and drive them to do things well, but yeah, your productivity is a huge part of that, mm. so that will go up. Um, so with one client, when they came to me, they were growing at between 25 and 26% per annum, uh, compounding, had been for a number of years, still were, you look at that and go, well, there's nothing wrong with strategy. But then we look at, you know, the reason they spoke to me was the net profit wasn't there, and in fact it was reducing. So that told me straight away we've got execution issues. Um, so, yeah, execution drives net profit. But you get things right with that, and then we had a lot of work to do on the people side in conjunction with that. And then all of a sudden in the next 12 months, the net profit jumped by 35%. Sounds a lot. It was nowhere near what we needed. But in the year two, net profit jumped by 700%. Wow. So, you know, it's getting the right things right in the right areas. You've become an expert in scaling up and a gazelle's consultant, but you've also become an outthinker growth strategist. Can you explain that? Yes, outthinker growth strategists, uh, uh, they work with a company called Outthinker. Uh, that's headed by Kaihan Krippendorf. Uh, now, Kai Hunt Krippendorf is ex-McKinsey's, he was one of their top business strategists. Uh, and when he moved on, he, he and his team started to really work on a process to actually go deeper with strategy, but also to create disruptive strategy. But I was watching what they were doing and what, where they were working. So predominantly they were working with corporates and also large enterprise companies. But he, that process he was using was very much key in, in determining what strategy those companies would use and execute on, or it could be a division or a company within the group would do. Uh, so I was watching that and over time saw that more and more companies were going there, which made me more interested. Uh, what do I need to know? Uh, and so I, yeah, I spent some time researching more about Outthinker and Kaihan Krippendorf. I uh, realised that yeah, they were working with a lot of companies around the globe, uh, but I started to see the difference it was making and see that the companies they were working with were the companies that were winning in the marketplace. So that drove more interest and that's when I uh, contacted you know, Outthinker and started to talk to them and now I'm certified to use their process. So there are some Gazelles International consultants globally that are allowed to use their IP, but it's very much to drive uh, deep, either deeper strategy, but it's about outthinking your competitors. So very much, you know, many companies can look at things and think they've got a winning strategy, and I see that quite often. Uh, but when you actually look at it and say, well, 
Can your competitors do this? Would your competitors do this? Could your competitors do this? You keep getting yeses. So it's not really going to jump you ahead of your competitors. Um, so if, or if it does, it's going to be for a very, very short period of time. So that's where seeing these other companies manoeuvre and actually make a big difference strategically, that's what started to really perk my interest up. Uh, so that's why I was very interested in the process, but bringing it back once again to New Zealand, uh, because I believe that's an area where a lot of companies here struggle, and some of my clients too get to a point where, you know, it's like we've got to actually think in a different way about strategy to come up with a competitive strategy that is going to jump you ahead of your competitors that they can't do. Uh, and sometimes that might actually be a, comp a very disruptive strategy. Uh, in the marketplace, and you know, I have clients currently that are executing strat disruptive strategies. So, yeah, the process is to drive that so you can build a disruptive strategy or outthink your com competition strategically. Can you explain disruptive strategy? So, when it's disruptive, uh, you know, I've currently got a client who uh, is executing a disruptive strategy, and what's really interesting is that that started off as a pilot scheme within the company. It's been spun out of the company. It's now operating totally on its own. Uh, but they're very aware that that company may wipe them out. Uh, but it, they would much rather own the company that's going to wipe them out than somebody else own it. But what it means is that if they're going to get wiped out, then so are their competitors. So that's an example of disruptive strategy. Now, you've worked with a whole range of mid-market and growing Kiwi businesses over the years. How are the Kiwi businesses performing on the world stage? Very well. Uh, the biggest challenge for Kiwi companies is actually to narrow what they're doing. So you know, we're a very small country, we're a small population. You know, our population's not even a big city in population. So we, as Kiwis and Australians, we tend to grab you know, anything we can for income. And so we'll go into too many products, or we'll go into too many services, or a combination of. So it's very much strategically getting them to narrow down what they're going to do when they go offshore. And then they tend to be very successful, and Kiwi companies tend to expand quite quickly through the globally, you know, from country to country. Why is that? Uh, I think once they've narrowed it down and they see the opportunity, then they go for it. It's very interesting. I had a conversation yesterday morning uh, with a, a consultant in Florida, another Gazelle's uh, consultant, but it, she was talking to me about it. So she works in the growth area, but she also specialises in the sales side, so training sales teams. Um, and she's dealing with companies here in New Zealand on that sales front and in Australia. But her words were, Kiwi companies are much, or her exact words were, they have fire in their belly, and American companies don't. So what are the Kiwi companies that do well? What are they really good at? Uh, it's not so much what are they... They have the right, when they really start to do well offshore, they'll have the, the right frameworks and the right strategy in place. And, but what they're really good at is it's more about what, as an individual company, can they be really good at. And that's strategically one of the things that has to be got really clear. Uh, but that starts to drive their success internationally is when they're really clear about what they can be good at as a company. So that varies from industry to industry, company to company, and even within companies in the same industry, that can vary. 
So it's not a general thing, but right. yeah. What are we not so good at? What are we not so good at? Um, <laughs> number of things, getting help, um, not taking the time out to look at things strategically is something that Kiwi companies are not good at. Uh, another thing we're not good at is watching trends. So we don't tend to watch trends. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and we should because it's the trend that'll be, or a trend somewhere will be the bus that comes out of the side street and runs you over. Mm -hmm. So that, there are areas that we're not good at. Uh, another one that we're not good at is research. And we don't tend to do research when it's required and we don't tend to watch data. Uh, and when I'm not talking about big data, I'm talking about you know, what are the right KPIs for the company, what should we be watching. That can vary from country to country too, but we don't tend to do it. And what gets a lot of Kiwi companies in trouble is they don't research before they go offshore. Uh, and they need to research. And with a number of clients where they anticipated to go first or where the market thought they would go first is not where they've ended up going once the research showed where they should go. Uh, and I think that's a big reason behind the saying Australia is a great graveyard for Kiwi companies. You know, they assume that Australia's the same. Well, it's not. You know, so, These are big upfront investments, aren't they? If you're researching Australia or North America or Asia, they're big upfront investments you've got to make to get the information you need. Well, it is, although that's also where New Zealand trade and enterprise can help a lot. So for the initial phase before you really want to dig deeper, that's where New Zealand Trade and Enterprise helps New Zealand companies. It's one of the things they do, and they provide that service for free. Um, so that's where companies should go to start, and then they can narrow down where they need to spend money. But I look at it, it's like, yes, at that point it's a big capital investment, but it's worth it because it could make you avoid failing, mm -hmm. and that's going to cost you a lot more. All right, let's talk about some of the values and benefits in a business. Uh, for those businesses that are, are growing very fast, what are some of the challenges they face on a frequent basis? Uh, the two biggest is really around people. Uh, the first one is, is getting the right people uh, and the people that fit the organisation. That's the first challenge they have. The next challenge is skill, uh, and it's a global phenomenon. It's not just a problem in New Zealand. Uh, but that's that's a big one for them as well, and they, you know, the, well, what I believe is more New Zealand companies should be actually hunting globally for talent. Uh, so I find those are the, with fast growth companies, those are the two big challenges. Mm -hmm. The next big challenge is actually not getting too tied up in the business, you know, and actually having the time and the structure and to actually manage the important things in the business and keep an eye on on where you're going. Mm -hmm. um, but they're the, they're the big ones. And how do you identify those problems? Generally I can see it when I come in um, and it may not be apparent initially but it, it sometimes could be fine but uh, sometimes when they're growing and the, the organisation gets bigger that's when the cracks will start to show. Uh, but then it's, if the right structure's there usually what I've seen is that the CEO will move into or the owner will move into a role that they are very strong at, or they'll adjust their role slightly as well. Sometimes it's just a case of, hey, you just need to let go of this bit, but hang on to all this bit. That can be the case as well. Now, when you're dealing with a CEO, what questions or problems uh, do you see most often? Or do you get, you know, can you help me with this? What, what are some of those ones? Uh, some of those, it's, uh, it can quite often be, we're not growing, 
or we're not growing fast enough. Uh, for those that are growing, it's quite often they're looking for a structure to overlay the company over, so they're, they're very worried about that. Uh, they do want a good structure in place. They tend to be looking around and seeing, you know, there's a lot of stuff out there, especially since we've, the internet's come, but you know, what, is, what is right, what's scientifically based, what's not. You know, so they want to bring in the right structure into the company and the right methodologies that are scientifically based. Uh, so those are some reasons. Another big one for companies that are growing quickly is actually uh, building capability in the people. So they're worried about the company outstripping the capability of their people. Uh, it's, you know, they've got great people, but how do we build that capability? So that's a reason they come. Another reason they come it can be very much around culture. Um, that they need to build, they've got drama going on, we need a stronger culture, we want the whole work environment to be a, a happier place but still highly productive. Uh, so that's another driver. Uh, and one of the big drivers in behind it for most of them is they do want to build you know, a great company or the term I hear quite often is um, you know, they want to be a business champion. So yeah, so that's, that's another driver but usually it's the others is why they come. So you want to be a business champion, the culture's not great, you haven't got some of the key people in place or the business has outgrown some of those key people. How do you solve those problems? It's not easy to do. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> so it's very much going back to getting very clear on where the company's going, uh, what we need to do as a company strategically and from an execution point of view. Then it's looking at the people and saying, right, you know, what, where do we need to upskill them? You know, what do they need to learn? Uh, and it's having a, having a look at that person by person. So, so you know, very much, they've got the right attitude, you know, and the key here is you, know, you can always teach skill, but you can't change attitude. So mm -hmm. if you've got people with the right attitude, you can generally provide the training to help build that capability. How do you motivate them, though? How, how, how do you get that right attitude? That comes right back to the purpose of the company. So if the purpose is really clear, uh, and where they're going and what they're trying to achieve as an organisation. If that's clear and the, uh, the people want to be on that journey, then it's actually not hard to motivate them. Yeah. And what I see time and time again is when people are looking for new roles or, uh, or predominantly looking for new roles, the number one th thing they're worried about is, am I going to fit with this company if I apply for the role? That's the first thing. The second thing they're looking for is, where's this going? Yeah. People love learning. And so if they can see the company's going places, they know they've got the opportunity to learn more uh, and grow more as a person. So that those two drivers are usually already there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The CEO, they've maxed out the capacity, they feel they're under pressure. They're looking for some business strategy services. Can you give us two or three questions they should ask that person that they may employ in as a consultant? What elements of strategy uh, do they believe there are, and how do you get each element very clear? Uh, and that's of high level strategy. But then it's also having a general discussion around strategy. Do they really understand strategy from that? Because once you've got your high level strategy clear, it's also asking them questions about how are they going to use strategy to help drive revenue growth. The other thing is they may need to, the company may need to actually move into what I call disruptive strategy or deeper strategy, uh, and that needs to be looked at. Uh, is it applicable to this company, is it not? 
and that needs to be got clear. Uh, when that's clear, that actually drives the other areas in the organisation strategically. Then you can look at you know, what's the operations strategy, what's the marketing strategy, what's the sales strategy, what's the finance strategy, or what's the business model strategy. So those strategies come much lower down. So it's actually seeing whether the person knows that. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing I'd be asking is what process do they use to actually get the outcomes? Um, because there are proven processes and it's also proven there are many processes out there that aren't correct, won't get the results for you. So it's getting them to tell you what process they're going to use. So when a business um, contacts you, what can they expect from, from you and, and your services at SSBG? What they're looking for is sustainable revenue growth. And so what they're wanting as a result is that we can keep growing at a particular percentage year after year after year after year. And that's quite often what keeps CEOs awake at night, mm -hmm. is how do we keep growing next year? How do we grow the year after? Um, so it's getting that in place so they can clearly see that they can and what they need to do to achieve it. So that's one of the results they look for. Uh, another result is they're looking for much healthier uh, net profits. So my clients end up generally between three and four times industry average net profit in their industry. Uh, and that's linked to strategy, but it's also very much execution. Mm -hmm. So they're looking for that. Uh, they're looking for a much happier team environment. They're also looking, what they're looking for is that they actually have time back to manage the business. And that's when the right things are got right, that's a big impact. They're spending far less time managing. Uh, and that's crucial. So some managers have talked about, you know, 70 to 80 to 90% more time back from what they had before. So, yeah, then you can focus on what you really should be focusing on. So what's your approach when you sit down with that CEO and they've hired you in and brought you in? What, what's, what's the first couple of steps that you take? Uh, I want to know what are they finding or what do they perceive are the issues? What are they finding might be the issues? What are their challenges uh, within the organisation but also in the marketplace and with competitors? So I need to understand what's going on and from there then I can have a look at what needs to be done. So it's very much, it's not a case of start at page one and go to 500. It's a case of what, is get, what does the company need and what is going to make the biggest difference to the company now? And that's where we have to start. So that's really what the conversation is geared around, is finding out what it is that's going to make a big difference to them. Are they scary conversations? Generally not, no. No, they um, might be for the CEO or <laughs> yeah. the general manager or the owner, uh, but I don't find them scary. And people generally, they have their instinct is telling them things and it's pretty much sharing what that is. Plus, they've got data telling them other things as well, and so they'll share what the data's saying, uh, and maybe asking, you know, what do you see as the problem behind that? But, but they've got it there, um, so no, it's not a scary situation. Now, if you've been brought into a business, um, what motivation are you looking for from the CEO or the owner of the business? What do they need to bring? Uh, they need to be open. Uh, I, if they're dictatorial, then that's a big warning for me uh, because the, you're not going to drive change in your organisation or get it growing really well, and you may do for a short time, but not for a long time with dictatorial management. So that's a big warning for me, and then that's a completely different conversation around are they willing to change. Um, but from outside of that, what I'm looking for is yeah, pretty much are they open. Uh, I'm looking for people that don't have high egos, 
uh, are they open to learning? That's the other thing that will stop a company growing is not learning. So the, if they're open to learning, then that they're in a good space. And how do you help that CEO continue to learn? We've got plenty of material within Gazelles and the leading business thinkers in, around the globe. There's plenty of scientifically based material there that we can bring in and help them use. So, so I may not be the expert in it, but it's getting them to learn and maybe they need an expert to come in in that field. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's there. It, the biggest problem, I think, for the CEOs and business owners, etc., is they actually don't know where to look and I can guide them in the right direction for that. Now, if you sit down with a CEO or someone listening to this, an owner of a business, uh, they're looking to grow. What should every person start with? Where's their starting point? Purpose. Why are we here? What's the passion of the organisation? Get that very, very clear. Right? Um, with that clear, then you can start to move on to other things. <coughs> That's always where I start with any company. Isn't that a simple thing, though? Or does that get lost in the in the in the day-to-day -day cloud of things? Uh, it's really interesting. We generally don't see it. Um, the organisations that have got it right and they know their purpose, so they will have got a lot more right as well. Uh, but yeah, when you look at it, you'll see vision statements, mission statements, but you won't see purpose. Right? So they do, when you, as soon as you see a mission statement or a vision statement or both, and no purpose there. They're, they're very different things and it's so straight away it tells you they really don't understand strategy or haven't got one but they also don't understand purpose and purpose nowadays is, is going to become very important going forward um, millennials get it and they buy based on purpose so as they move into management roles in the coming five or six years then if companies aren't clear on their purpose they're going to struggle with trying to obtain a certain amount of business out of the market uh, and that goes for B2B and B2C. Mm -hmm. So, but yeah, the, so you millennials are looking for what good are you doing in the world? What's your purpose? Why are you here? Uh, and that's what companies, most companies don't understand. Well, that's a great spot for us to finish up. Lee Paulden from SSBG. The website is ssbg.co.nz. Uh, Lee, thank you so much for your time today and, and for all your advice and help. That's great. Thank you.